0: Welcome to the Doubled Up podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, creps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt and with me as he is every single week is Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate? Shit. I've
1: got the rona. It's happened. It's happened. I've finally been caught.
0: Well, mate, I mean, doing that intro saying and with me every week is Scott. There was a worry this week that it would just be, I'm Matt and i'm matt <laughs> that yeah so
2: <laughs> like fair no.
0: play to fair play to you for for doing this like massive massive fair play to you at, because at, uh yeah
1: at least i won't be coughing seemingly yesterday all i was doing was coughing and coughing and coughing and then today i haven't coughed once i've lost my sense of taste i can't taste anything but i'm not coughing so pros and cons i guess
0: I mean you've also got that like you know when someone has a cold and they've got that kind of like gruff nasally like you've got your for the listeners Scott's got his sexy voice on for the podcast like he's got his kind oh, of like yeah. nasally uh nasally cold <laughs> cold voice going on
1: <laughs> to be fair when I said to Verity that I was recording um, later today she goes no one's going to want to hear your voice sounding like that cheers thanks for that so yeah uh, fingers crossed so nobody turns tell- off in five minutes <laughs>
0: I'm here to lift you up, mate. Like I said, she's saying no one wants to hear you. I'm saying you've got your sexy, gruff voice on. You, you know who you know who butters your breads. Let's just say that, <laughs> if, if that's a saying, if that's a saying. But uh, b- b- before we go on some weird tangent like we always <clears throat> do at the beginning of these podcasts, uh, Scott, we'll get our uh, guest involved nice and early. So, Scott, this week, um, we've got a, we, our guest is another like, Industry Insider. In fact, uh, this week's guest was recommended by our previous guest, our previous Industry Insider, Aaron Barton. So, shout out to uh, Aaron. Um, I'm going to say that our guest's style is my spirit animal because I'm not going to be. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm a little bit jealous of just how cool this person is on Instagram. Um, you might see him going to work in a jumpsuit, but no, Scott, we don't have a Ghostbuster on the podcast this week. <laughs> that being said. If you need your shoes cleaned, who are you going to call? This guy. You know him as at <laughs> LengJ underscore Dunno on Instagram. We know him as Jeffrey. Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys.
2: Thanks for having me. No um, worries thanks. at all. Such a great introduction. <laughs> I'll actually... I, I say that's
1: one, one of his better ones. <laughs> one of his better ones. I'll give you that.
0: Congrats. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I mean, not being funny, mate. You wear a, you wear a jumpsuit to work, so you're pretty much tearing me up for the Ghostbuster comment. So uh, <laughs> uh, it it was easy. You made it easy for me. But no, massive massive welcome to the podcast, mate. Very happy to have you on. Um We were saying before we hit record, Aaron's a, a longtime friend of mine. So any any friend of Aaron is a friend of ours automatically. Mm-hmm. But uh here at the uh, the doubled up podcast, mate, we jump straight into the questions and we start off with a, a nice. Easy uh, question. I mean, sometimes it's easy. Some people find it really difficult. And that is simply tell us a little bit more about you. Tell me about your sneaker history, what your earliest sneaker memory is. Where did it all start for you?
2: Um, So I think my earliest sneaker memory is probably my first pair of Jordans when I was a kid. Um, my My dad got me and my brother the same pair of Jordans at the time. It was a pair of Jordan 12s. Uh, was the playoff colorway so the reverse taxis as people call it okay Uh, so i had those as my first pair of like cool trainers but i had no idea what they were i was in primary school so i went to primary school in northwest london um and i was obsessed with power rangers at the time so i think what i was saying was running around calling yeah so i was running around calling myself black ranger and my dad was like, it's not Black Ranger, it's Michael Jordan. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but, um, that's Both superheroes. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, very, very quickly, I didn't realize how much of this um, memory I adopted into growing up. Um, I didn't come from a privileged background. Um, and I think the nostalgia of not being the cool kid at school, being able to have like cool trainers every time you had non-school an uniform, um, and then leaving home young. So I left home when I was around 15 and started working. So like, I, it was it was, it was was a journey and very quickly, the first thing that came to my mind was, I can finally buy my own trainers when I make my own money. And there's nobody to tell me nada. So um, very quickly it became, one pair to two pairs, two pairs to three pairs, three pairs became 10 pairs, 10 pairs became 40 pairs. And then now in the hundreds, like it's, it's been, it's been a while. I'm 30 years old and I've got way too many trainers for my age. But, <laughs> uh, I
0: feel like that's, that's, def- that's the episode title. sorted, it's, uh, Scott, I'm 30 <laughs> years old and I've got way too many trainers. Like, I feel like that's, that pretty much sums up. I mean, you can just change, you can just change the age. And for, I think pretty much all of us, it'd be like, I'm X years old and I have too many trainers. It's almost like the it's like the intro to our own version of like alcohol anonymous. Like, <laughs> hi, my name's Matt. I'm 27 years old and I've got too many trainers. Um, yeah. But no, it's, I mean, to so you, for me, it sounds like you were getting put on nice and early with, like I said, the Jordans in primary school. I mean, that's a, a big thing. I mean, you talk back to you were saying there about the, the nostalgia of, Maybe not being the cool kid at school, but having cool trainers. Were there any other sort of memories that you had growing up where that was a situation? Like, can you remember that first non-school uniform day where you rocked up in the Jordans and thought "fuck you" to all the other kids?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what it was. Um, I think during the transition of the Jordan 12 to the Jordan 13, my best friend at the time on the non- so I, I I felt cool because I rocked in with a pair of like. Levi's like this dude I was like in primary school so obviously I had no idea what the hell I was wearing oh I yeah just, of course you know I had no idea how to piece an outfit together but I definitely remembered my friend having a pair of Jordans that looked different to mine and only until I got into trainers I realized that he was wearing he got game 13s so I was like oh my God, this motherfucker like <laughs> I got 13s. And I'm like I was like, you're supposed to be my best friend at the time. So I was like, I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, cool. There's two of us that are Jordans in school, you know. And then very little later on when I really started collecting properly and really kind of getting my knowledge up and really kind of just loving what Jordan brand has been about. Um, then I really very quickly realised, you know, the 13 is an amazing shoe. I love a Jordan 13. And um, I realised that when he got games got re retroed like a few years back, I was like, oh snap! So that is definitely the pair he was wearing when I was at school, because it w- it was like the reverse taxi. So it was like the taxi colorway on the thirteen, and it was white predominantly and got black accent. So I was just like, yeah, that 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 was probably like the first time where I was like, okay, this is cool. I think the second most memorable moment of non-school uniform was when I was actually in secondary school. Um, We went to Bistar beforehand and there was a Levi's outlet and my dad was so anti me wearing things oversized until (laughs) I left school, until I left home even. And um, we went to Levi's and there was this pair of Levi's that had a drop crotch it was wide leg it was dark denim with white contrast stitching. and I was like this is the shit I was like this is sick <laughs> and then um this is before Abercrombie and Fitch came to London so yep. Abercrombie and Fitch was unheard of nobody knew what it was Hollister wasn't around this is way before that phase and Abercrombie and Fitch was of good quality and I was given a hoodie as a gift from my dad's girlfriend at the time and um, I wore those with a pair of Reebok NPCs. But I had the Reebok NPCs where the three straps can come off and you can put laces in. So it was like, hey, I can be the cool kid that has three sets of laces in my shoes and I can also have one strap at the front. Don't ever do that. It looks fucking terrible. <laughs> I thought, it was cool. I thought it was cool, Like, you know... And I I was like, yeah, this is, this is the come up, but then you realize this is your own, this is the one non-school uniform outfit. This is your best outfit that you go out in when you go out with your parents to shopping centers and wherever they go. This is also the one outfit you're flexing at school. So by the time you come to the next non-school uniform, like the thing was, is all the cool kids at school would have the latest Reebok workouts. They'll have the latest um, 90s. They'll had. I remember JD exclusive MX 90s with the Just Do It bags. So you had the 90s with the contrast stitching. So you had black 90s with the baby blue stitching that goes with the baby blue Just Do It bag. You know, and that was their school uniform. That was not non-school uniform. So I was like, these cool kids are way, (laughs) I mean, like they were cool, cool. Um, And then um, I think very quickly, that's kind of where I was like, because I didn't come from a privileged background. And when I started working on my own, after I finished my, well, didn't finish my A-levels, but when I left college, I really took kind of like the whole idea under my wing. And I got inspired by a few people that I'd like to say have kind of mentored me and nurtured me in the game. Um, one of them being Daniel, Daniel core um, He's a he's a triple OG in my eyes. He, I met him queuing out for some trainers as well. Uh, I think it was one of the first queues I ever queued out for. I turned 18. Um, I was not intending to queue out for trainers, but I got smashed. I got smashed. <laughs> we had karaoke till like really early in the morning. And then I threw up over my brand new Jordan 1s. I had woven Jordan 1s from Hong Kong. Oh, dear me. And the horror story behind that is I, I this is way before I knew what Jason Mark was, way before I knew how to clean trainers. So I got home, filled a bucket with hot water and bleach, and I just fucking threw them in there. Oh! They, um, like I, I pulled them out again. Actually, I started wearing them again, uh, literally two, three days ago. And it's what are they funny. like now? I'll show you. They're white and yellow, bro. They're not white anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like this is where we need to like for the odd occasion, start doing visual or something like that, because you know, oh, I no. feel like the listeners are really not getting the true experience here,
2: how yellow, oh, it is. Wow. This shoe- oh, they look cool. Yeah. Look, no, dude. It's totally in with that. Stupid gonna cinema, say, But like, this is genuinely yellow and gums off. They look, they look like vintage. That's,
0: that. That's literally, I feel like if, if, if that shoe was re-released now, everyone would be like, yeah, that's the shit.
2: Dude. Like honestly, the leather is so soft. I don't know if that was because of the bleach conditioning it or um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: the fact the, the devil was that soft, but it was a, but I, I got these because they reminded me of the Lux Pack F1s uh, back in the day. And it was like the woven, like you've never, where the hell do you ever see a Jordan 1 with a woven material like this? No. Um, and this is way before people were like, oh, mids are shit. Like, dude, like <laughs> back in the day, some of the coolest like concepts of Jordan 1s came onto mids. Only mids had them like the military Jordan 1s, mm. the Father's Day Jordan 1s, the Alpha UNC Jordan one. You've got a print of Michael Jordan slam dunking on your Jordan 1. That's crazy, dude. But mm. then you know like so back to back to me throwing up on my trainers, bleaching them, and I was queuing. So I met Daniel Core that day. We knew what we were queuing for. We were queuing for the raging ball Jordan fives oh okay he was queuing for the fire red yeezy ones that don't exist so there was this is so this is po- like pre-instagram like pre- yeah, yeah, yeah pre-social media blow up and you can't get information on instagram like this is still word of mouth people saying this is going to happen and then um obviously the fire red jordan ones, uh easy sorry the fire red yeezy ones were not a thing uh, so we all ended up with a pair of Agent Bull Fives. And um that was my first proper encounter with Daniel Core. But what's funny is I I recognized him from when I was in secondary school. Um, he was he was the same same guy in secondary school and it was crazy because he told me a story about how he became cool and what he did and whatnot. And then he just had really cool clothes, but he had really shit trainers and he got cussed <laughs> out for it in school. And I kind of started the other way around. I started like building up cool trainers over time. And then I started doing more clothes and stuff. So clothes were never really like a, a big thing for me until I started making my own money. And I realized, okay, I don't need to be 34 years old before I can walk into Louis Vuitton to buy a wallet. You can do it at 17 if you work hard enough. And I think Daniel Cole is one of the first people I've seen at a young age have like a disgusting Louis Vuitton like, collection, and we came from the era where Kanye West and Pharrell was everything, dude. Yep, like, everything. Like, Big Sean coming up was everything, Kid Cuddy coming up was everything. So, that was like probably the, the best era of, of hip hop for my generation. Uh, I don't know how old you guys are, but like, if you guys are around my age, you know, I would think you guys would have seen through it too. Yeah, we're,
0: we're not too far off. I think, well, I'm 27, Scott's what, 26?
2: mm-hmm mm.
0: yeah there we go so, we're, we're there or thereabouts there or thereabouts
2: yeah that was that was a great generation that that still heavily influences me now to today i've still got like really old school bait pieces that i love and adore um i remember this is when uh the Bape store popped up at dover street market and i i skipped college to meet nigo that was really cool oh shit yes yeah, so <laughs> signed book from from Nigo saying to Jeffrey, and then he he wrote my name in a speech bubble, and then from Nego so that that was really cool. Um, and the other influence at the time, other than Daniel Core is my friend Gavin, uh, Gavin Mann. So these two were Gavin was the first person I saw coming to school with a Uniqlo flannel shirt, and the Running Dog ice cream jeans, um, and a pair of Vans. This is when Vans were massive. Yeah, yeah. authentics and eras were the coolest shit coolest shit and they were and then when i started buying them i my first pair was actually from tk Maxx. they were like a floral authentic pair and then i was like these are so uncomfortable i'm giving them away They're shit and I was just, <laughs> so I gave um and then i found i found out about a half cab so a half cabs actually my favorite bands um in, t- in that kind of era so yeah gavin gavin is a massive influence because he was really part of the nrd, NRD era kanye west era you know, Mr.
0: Hudson coming up and all of that kind of stuff. So it was a really cool era. Yeah, mate. I mean, I. It sounds like you're you, you're like full of stories, which is absolutely uh, amazing. But um, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to think where we can go from there because you've absolutely thrown me off with these stories about throwing up on your Jordans and queuing up and, and <laughs> things like that. I mean, so you've been saying there about how your Influence kind of came heavily from that, like you said, Kanye West era, and like you said, the NERD era, and things like this. What's influencing you now? Because uh, you, you're talking so fondly about, like, oh, I still love these bait pieces. I still love this. I'm still wearing my Jordans from when I was 18 years old. What is some of the stuff that's like drawing your attention in today's sneaker industry? Um,
2: the resurgence of the Nike Dunk was something I've waited like 10, 12 years for minimum. Like I was like in the last 10, 12 years. Um, so I, I, I'd i like to believe like when I fully took this seriously, I was like three, four years too late already. Because okay. by, the, by the time I started, um, it was after the purple box era for Nike SB. And, um, you know, that's when started doing like, stripe box era the blue box era and this is when they they revamped the shape of a nike dunk sb it wasn't it it didn't look that good anymore it wasn't as chunky as as it was so from that era i only bought a few only a few from that era and um what influences me now is more so how i can incorporate what i've collected since i was a kid and still make it look cool because the thing is right i don't think um what influences me a lot is, I think, the Japanese side of the world, because even when I was into bape as a kid, um, that era was all Japanese, U.S. influence, and I am strictly the baggy of the belt like, I've never done, like, skinny, skinny jeans, I've never done biker jeans, I mean, I've, I've tried to do biker jeans, but even when I do biker jeans, like, that, that flex, I'd get three sizes too big, so it's still baggy ish. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like, I love that era of, of, of you know, high fashion kind of twisting into streetwear before it was officially stamped, you know. But uh, my influence comes, I think, more so the fact that I just want to make sure that I don't look like any other fucker on Instagram. That's my influence. Like, I just, I've always been a bit of a rebellion. Um, I've always against the gradient and i think that's where my real influence comes from nowadays it's this real people rather than oh i see i don't know justin bieber or uh, travis scott wear this therefore i need to jump on this i was like dude like i was on dugs before travis scott no offense do you know what i mean like I, yeah. like honest a lot of us was on this ship before these guys made it blow up and i think this is where the fine line comes when people talk about you know culture vultures and then you know, that that kind of I'm not a hater because I appreciate what they've done. Mm-hmm. But if I was maybe five to six years younger, I'd probably have been a hater. I'd be like, these guys have fucked the game for everyone. Yeah. But you realize like there's so many aspects that have changed the game and you've got kids that are younger than I was that are into the game. Mm-hmm. I thought I was late, and they are late late because like they're doing it in like Gen Z, end of millennial Gen Z era. So like they have iPhones at the age of six. Yeah, I had to I had to save my pocket money to get like a, a Motorola with a VGA camera. Like it's such a different. <laughs> oh, you know I mean? With the
0: was it infrared or Bluetooth though. Was yeah, it?
2: <laughs> before Bluetooth, dude. Like before. Yeah. Bluetooth. so like, it was just kind of like, dude, like. Just, <laughs> Okay, and getting a colour screen was crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because, like, I, I say this a lot um, to a lot of my friends that are quite senior in the game, that are probably, like, 10, 15 years on me, you know, and it's just crazy that I'm kind of a middle child in the game because I I know the elders, the guys that shaped the culture and kind of made it what it is now. And I looked up to these guys as we're well coming up. So, like, if you want to talk about my real influences... It's people that are still in the industry that came up from the bottom to get to the top that didn't forget where they came from. Those are my real influence. And I've tried to reciprocate the same energy f- from working for, for, for brands like Stussy, uh, give me five, um, working for, for, for Jason Mark, like the come up was from that. Like I wanted to make sure that whatever I represent is authentic. I'm not trying to, be somebody else. I'm not trying to yeah. pretend to be somebody that no, I'm not. If like, I'm not going to pretend like, so I've got purple box SPs, right? But I'll tell you, I didn't buy that from the era. I wasn't there for the era. I was I was too young. And bruv, do the math. The amount of people that love to pretend that they were about the era from buying stuff of eBay. Bro, like, I don't know how much you guys are into HTM, but there's so many people in the industry that may even work for Nike. Yep. That- tend to be that kind of person and they're not that person because we yeah. know five years ago six years ago when the htm even probably longer than that maybe eight nine years ago when the htm flyknits came out where the hell were you do you know what i mean the htm was another 10 years before that minimum so you're talking about htm wovens like you've had it since like the early 2000s when i've seen pictures of you in the early 2000s wearing like a tight polo shirt with
1: horrible-
2: a <laughs> probably wearing something else like like well by all means fake it till you make it but like i've i've just stuck by honesty throughout the whole game you know like that's real influence for me like people that are genuinely about their stuff and you can openly admit the fact that you weren't about it when when it was the big thing mm. i feel like that kind of influence that kind of conversation what's made me what makes me love the community and the culture because well there's just too many people that are trying to fake it
1: mm. It's funny, though, that you say about like, um, like the whole culture and like influence and stuff like that, because I find it funny that, like you say, you don't want to dress like everyone else. But because of Instagram and because of all the like social media influences, everybody does dress the same now. Everybody wants the same shoes. And I've heard on multiple other kind of like YouTube and all this where people are saying, like, everyone has their sneaker wall, but they're all the same. Like, every sneaker is the same. Like, they've all got the same shoes. It's all the same Jordans in different colours. Like, And there's no originality or seemingly any originality to it anymore. And like I say, everybody's aspiring for that same thing. And it's interesting, like I say, you're saying you weren't around for Instagram. Um, like, you obviously before Instagram kind of came up. But, yeah, since then, it's like, it's like they now have their own school uniform. Um, and it's funny because when I... I working in private school before and on non-school uniform day i remember i just got picked up the um, yeezy 350 zebra on the restock went in and i walk in and there's five kids in exactly the same shoes i'm going home so i went home (laughs) changed because i'm not having that and it's exactly that like people just are all wearing the same stuff these days and wanting the same thing so all the things that are hyped almost feel like they're not they're not that exclusive because, like, if you go to a pickup day, say at Offspring, everybody's wearing the same shoes. And I'm mean, there, like, these are meant to be super limited, but everybody seems to have them. Like,
2: I mean, I, I miss the exclusivity of having something that somebody can't get. I know that sounds like I'm bottlenecking or gatekeeping a bit, but that's what the game was about you know, individualism and you, you being unique to, to, to what you love and knowing what you know. But A lot of people would agree that social media has made that just so like attainable now like you know release months before it you've seen leaked pictures six months before it's come out and you're like this shit did not exist before like you couldn't do this before and it just takes it takes the fun away from it you know like it's just not what it was I, i like scott said you know what why the why the hell do you want to look like every other person on instagram wanting all the same thing like cool man like you want to be an influencer real quick you buy white shells from ikea you stock them up with every single colorway of the jordan one that's released in the last two years but you haven't got the love for it because of what it is yeah you've got love for it because every other man's got it and you just want to be cool like them it's just like what the hell dude like i was like two i'll tell you what two of the jordan ones that i wanted forever that have come out in the last two years. Like one of them is the Black and Gold Jordan 1 High. I've wanted that since I saw Cassie from Me and You, uh, the music video. Okay. I wanted, I wanted to buy the mids from back in the day. And um, the thing is, it's like, I had multiple friends that have bought it since it was released in 2001. And the patent lever just creases and then rips, cracks, falls apart. So it's not, not even worth kind of thinking to pay anything over in fact, even trying to buy them now because they just weren't. It's not sustainable. yes yeah. But um, so I, when those came out within a snap, I was like, I'm getting those. I don't care who likes them, who doesn't like. Yeah. For yeah. Me, that's a Grail Jordan One for me. That that's that's a real like. If you know your shit, that Jordan One is a sick Jordan One. Because like when that that mid came out, it came out with the UNC Peyton Lever and the Chicago One payton Lever in 2001, and that was a beautiful shoe. The other Jordan 1 that came out recently that also has gone under the radar and I'm so happy it has is the purple, purple metallic Jordan 1s. Um, I've yeah. waited for the re-retro since um, the original re-retro from I think 07 maybe? 08? No, sorry, that's light. Maybe it's like 2009, 2010 where they've done like, the Jordan 1 high with the Jumpman on the back and they've done the green, they've done the red but the purple was a US exclusive. Uh, so when they done even though it was a woman's was even though it was a woman's release i was happy that i was able to get my size because yeah purple is my favorite color and i always wanted that that particular metallic of that jordan one so i was like you know it's like as much as this hype shit is going on like i i, I scoop in where i can and I, I i come and take myself out of the equation where i where i can as well because I'm not trying to be like everybody else. I just buy things for nostalgia and I buy things because I genuinely love it for what it is. Um, So yeah, I guess that's, 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 I mean, what the game kind of lacks, the authenticity, like every other Jordan 1, that's a grail for me. Like, dude, like it's not even an original colorway and you're calling it a grail. And it's like, like the term grail has been Oh, it,
0: it, it's a term that we don't really like to use. Like I say, I think it's so many people use it for so many different things. And it can mean different things. I think for some people, Grail means it's super expensive and they're never going to buy it because StockX says it's 10 grand. For other yeah. people, like you, you've recently you had like the Sprite LeBron 8s came out and there was a lot of, like we spoke to um, a couple of people from Canada and they were like, that's a grail for me because I remember watching LeBron play. Like it's a shoe that probably didn't even hit raffles. It's a shoe that's probably sitting on shelves still, but it's got the nostalgia. So I feel like as a word, um, grail just it's such an a word in itself that is individual to you. Some people, it means it's a super expensive shoe that I'm never going to afford for other people. It means that it's got a memory attached to it for other people. It'll be other things. So, I mean, it's a word that is just some sort of like bastardized phrase in the, the sneaker industry nowadays that people just throw around when they really want a shoe. But, um, one of the things I want to go back to, Jeffrey, is you were saying earlier some of the influences for you are those people that like you grew up with in the sneaker industry, people that worked at certain retailers or worked at stores, people that were in the industry then and people that are in the industry now. And we'd be silly to, to chat with you today without talking about your involvement in the sneaker industry. Currently, you're working for Jason Mark. Um, one of the questions I, w- I wanted to ask you was... Um, with your current occupation with jason mark um that in itself is kind of a i don't want to say niche area of the industry but when people think about getting into the sneaker industry they think maybe retail or they think design or they think whatever and obviously you're working for a brand that is so synonymous in the um, industry but they but you clean shoes like what kind of gravitated you to that side of the industry and kind of how did you start working with Jason Mark? I know you said earlier that you were working with other brands before that was going to be another one of my questions, yeah. but uh, tell us a little bit about what you do now within the industry.
2: Um, so uh, my current role right now, um, I look after the marketing with Jason Mark in Europe and the UK. So um, I'm kind of, I, so that's my title. Um, so I, I kind of like look after all the retail spaces, and um that stock our product i kind of give them marketing support training support product knowledge and then the other side of it is content creation so i do a lot of shooting for jason mark um so if you see a lot of the stuff that is shot on the main gram and the the eu account so it's JasonMark.eu is the one that i manage um and then there's jason mark um,'s main page which is the, the yeah. global page That's the stuff that I kind of do uh, as well, content creation, photography, and just kind of working with a team to just develop um, just cool ways of pushing our product. Um, But I I started actually working for Jason Mark when I was a hairdresser. Um, So it was funny because uh, I met a very important person in my life that likes to be behind the scene. And when I say like people who are OG, like she is super OG and that's Mary Jane. Um, some people might know her name some people might not but um, she's the reason I ended up working in this industry and um, it's funny that you said like how did I end up choosing this as a niche to kind of get myself into the footwear industry like if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you I had no fucking idea how I was going to end up working in this industry Uh, (laughs) And if I'll be perfectly honest with you like I met her from washing her hair my boss at the time, when I was working at hairdressers, like, you're going to really love my client. I was like, why? She works for Stissy. I was like, who the fuck works for Stissy? There's no store in the UK, nothing. So this is like when I was still, you know, I was about my kicks, but like, I wasn't really behind the scenes like that. I was in my early 20s. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, you say what it is. And when I met her, she was just like super humble, super cool. And she would only come to the hairdressers twice, twice a year. Um, and she'd always ask me to wash her hair because I was the only one that wouldn't pull her earrings out when washing her hair and I'd give her a head (laughs) without pulling her hair out as well so she tipped me a fiver um, twice a year and um, very quickly we developed a relationship she found out that I really like trainers and then one of the first jobs that I ever worked for Jason Mark was a Crep City activation in and a Nike Town Activation. So this is when Air Max Day first became a real, real big thing. So I would like to say 2016 um, was where, like, there was a massive installation in Nike. Um, And yeah, that's that's how I kind of proved my worth. I I started from the very bottom being one of these guys that are employed uh, on a part-time basis to do events, to cover the events. But um, I was was using the brand um, for a good few years before I joined the team. Um, and then I met Jason, which was like, holy shit, I met the fucking founder of Jason Mark. I was oh, like, shit. Um, and, like, I can call him a brother, family now. And, like, a lot of people will be like, you know, have you met Jason? Do you know him? And I was like, the facade makes it seem like, you know, Jason's fucking out of the world and you can't get hold of him. It's not true. Like, Jason Mark, if there's one thing that I'm proud to really say about Jason Mark is that we're a tight-knit family. Um, you know, like we, 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 it was hard to get a job with Jason Mark, um, because it, it was kind of one of those things in the industry that I think a lot of people will agree is if you know people, then you kind of get recommended and then you kind of trickle your way through into the industry. Um, and I ended up working for Stissy before working for Jason Mark full time. Um, and this is cause I, I actually suffered from skin problems. So I lost my job at, as a hairdresser because my skin problems got really bad. And at this point, I had already worked with Mary Jane several times, uh, working for Jason Mart. and I just said to her, like, I am fucked right now. I've lost my job. My life is literally falling apart. Um, is there any way I can get a job somehow? I don't care where it is. Do you think you can line anything up for me? She goes, give me a few days, I'll give you a call back. Within, like, a day, she called me. Hey, there's a two-week temp, temp position working for logistics at stussy i was like what i was like what i was like i just said any job you got me a job at stussy for two weeks i was like Fuck it, <laughs> man. two weeks so um, i stepped my game up walked into a job that i've never been experienced in but i'm a, I'm a person that that's um good numbers um in logistics is picking and packing and i'm just a very uh, meticulous person uh, as a whole so um Very quickly after the first week of temping with them, the second week they offered me a full-time job. So I ended up working for Stussy and Gimme Five for a year. So Stussy is under Gimme Five, uh, or part of Gimme Five in the UK. And Gimme Five is probably one of the oldest distribution companies that carry some of the most major brands in the UK uh, till now. So if people heard about the Hideout, uh, Gimme Five was behind the Hideout. Like the reason the hideout was a thing is because Gimme Five, Michael Copperman made it happen, uh, Mary Jane made it happen. So like these guys yeah. are industry pioneers. So I've I've so I've just tripped into in like a job that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And I'm looking for a company that has so much heritage that kind of just kind of just sucked me into the game. So when I was a hairdresser, I was convinced that I was out of the game. Moving yeah. from so. Mayfair I was perfectly um convinced that there's no way in hell I'm ever getting back into street wear, getting back into trainers um and then before I knew it like you know I genuinely believe all things happen for a reason I lost my job as a hairdresser because I never really wanted to be a hairdresser I did it because it was a job
0: it made you um, money it paid the bills
2: Exactly. And I was just learning like, as long as I was learning and developing a skill as I'm working, it means I'm not wasting my time. Um, so by the end of it, I lost my job, but I I gained the skill of being able to cut hair. Um, and then came the job at Stussy and then I became full time and I held out working at Stussy until, um, Jason was ready to open a drop-off service. So it it was talks of a London drop-off service opening for years and then um before i knew it jason reached out to me and was like would you like to be uh, a manager of of the drop-off service Uh, since now you've become one of the most senior members in our sct team so an sct is a sneaker care technician where you look after the well-being of people's trainers like you know how to clean the trainers ins and out as soon as we opened the drop-off service i became the sct manager so i trained the staff up taught them like the tricks of the trade and then Jonathan from LA came over to, Ooh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my uh, clock. Cause I always lose track of time, uh,
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah. So Jonathan came over from LA, the original drop-off service. Uh, and came to kind of oversee and help structure the team. Jason came over again and, you know, before I knew it, like we were, we had a fully operating drop-off service in London and. I went from the SCT manager to the store manager and then from the store manager to UK store operations and marketing coordinator. And here I am now. Like I, that's, that's, that's kind of like the 360 of how I kind of got to where I got to. It was never in my intention. Uh, it was always like a want or a need, but you know, yeah, when yeah. You, speak, you speak things into existence. I, I, f- I feel like if you don't talk about your dreams, your dreams won't come true. Um, as, as you know, as a, um, as, as young as that sounds, as childish as that sounds, uh, it's the truth, man. Like, if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. And, I wouldn't say uh, it's
0: childish. I think if, if you look at any career, right, like, let's say, for example, you are going for the stereotypical what is fed to us at school, you start, at the, you start at the bottom and work your way up. Regardless, it could be in a supermarket, it could be McDonald's, it could be retail, it could be anything whatsoever, right? Like you're at that bottom and no one's going to know that you want that promotion to the next run until you tell someone, oh, by the way, I want that promotion. Like if you're, and then you're maybe, say a supervisor or whatever it, whatever it is that you're doing, you're a supervisor. And it's not until you say, I want to manage people that all of a sudden someone goes, all right, I'll give you that i'll consider you for that position like unless people know what your next steps are how can anyone else help you to understand like it wasn't you you said you stumbled into this role but you had the whereabouts to say can you help me with a job and then you busted your ass when you got there to eventually work your way up so uh, i think that's like i said it's sometimes Sometimes we say things that sound like some sort of Instagram positive affirmation, but actually some of them do make sense. And like I said, you, you, you need to kind of speak your dreams into existence. It's definitely something that kind of runs true. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you, I think now seems like a good time to ask. since as we're talking about you kind of like so-called stumbling into the industry, there is very much a possibility. There is someone listening to this today whose hobby is trainers. And it has been for the last couple of years and they're, thinking i want to get into the industry i'm not entirely sure what that is and obviously your experience is going to be very different to someone else's it's going to be very different to someone else's but do you have any sort of like advice to someone getting into the industry now and what some of their first steps could be
2: um i think you know uh staying true to what you love is probably the the most important thing um being genuine as well i'd say like just don't be too scared to network. I am, if if there's one thing that I recognized as a gift that I was born with, uh, maybe because of my upbringing and, and how tough life was when I was coming up, it's made me humble as a person way quicker than, um, than I expected to. And it's just to be genuine and be a people's person. Don't be scared to talk to people. I know you're like, mom and dad say don't talk to strangers. It's true, don't talk to strangers, you know. <laughs> But like if you're in an environment or somebody can kind of put you on into an environment where they give you an opportunity go for that opportunity like do not like hesitate you know there's life is way too short for you to kind of um hesitate too much and overthink it and I think there's one of those things where, where people say like you spend so much time thinking and perfecting your plan. That nothing actually gets done. So, you know, like the, the truth of all of what we do is no matter what industry you're in, no matter what work you do, like you learn more from mistakes than trying to perfect um, or premeditate yourself for making the mistake. So don't be afraid to make mistakes, but also don't be afraid to own up to it too, because being honest and genuine. And and genuinely caring for what you love will get you a lot farther than you know trying to follow a celebrity and dress like them and pretend that you're super cool with twenty five thousand followers. Like your shit becomes generic, you know. Um, and social media is a powerful tool, don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. But go out there and meet people. Like really meet people. Like that's Mm. that's what's up. Um I like I got my opportunities through meeting people in person, not through social media. Um, My social media is a persona of what I like, but not who I am as a person.
0: It's not your persona. It's a, it's a, um, it's an insight to your hobbies and interests. It's not you as an individual.
2: Exactly. It's just a fraction of, of what I love. Um, And I don't, I don't strategically plan my own Instagram. I don't like think of six posts ahead of the time because I want it to be authentic. I just post what I like when I like it. And that's what Instagram is about. It's instant. It's supposed to be Instagram, right? It's supposed to be whatever you capture at that moment and you upload it. Um, and I feel like the tool of Instagram has evolved so much that it's, it's changed. You know, You can make money from it. can you can create a business out of it and it's sick like it's amazing that it's been able to evolve that way so as much as it's 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 a double-edged sword you know like it's such a great opportunity for young entrepreneurs to just capitalize on um but like just don't be afraid to chase your dreams man like and just just genuinely love it for because you love it rather than love it for because that girl is going to be more in love with me or i'm going to get that attention or fit in you know what don't fucking try to fit in that's that's the other thing just don't try and fit in because the more you try and fit in the less you comes out
0: Yep, it's true
2: you so as much as possible um and just stay true to what you love that's the i think that's probably the best piece of advice i can give to anybody
0: i think you've answered that question incredibly well, Jeffrey. And I think I'm not even going to ask you another question after that because I'll ruin the answer that you've just given. So I think now is probably a very, very good time to move on to our first segment, which is shoes rounds. Um, while I'm introducing this segment, I'll just let any of the listeners that may be new to the podcast, uh, give them a little bit of an insight as to what this segment is every week. We have a little look at the past week's worth of, um, sneaker news. And we have a little bit of a discussion. Um, this week is me taking shoes round. So about further do I will pass over to me for shoes round. So as I said, so Jeffrey, it is me taking shoes round this week. When I take shoes rounds, I get very, very serious. We are only a couple of episodes away from me like going and like doing a, a mid episode change into a like suit and tie or something like that because you've been taken out of the double up podcast studio and you are now in the shoes round studio. Um, however, this is a very quiet week when it comes to news. Uh, there isn't a whole lot to really start chatting about, and you can tell that it is a quiet week. Because for the what seems like 100th time of 2021, Virgil is uh, on our lips. So the first news story that we are going to talk about today isn't really much of a news story. It's more of a kind of continuation from previous news stories. It is that this week we have finally seen an explanation to the 50. Um, I feel like the whole way through 2021, the 50 has been the talking topic of YouTube, podcasts, blogs, Instagram pages, whether it's good news or bad news, people saying they're loving it, people say it's unimaginative, people hate it, people do whatever. Um, We've had adverts posted around major cities we've had video series starting on sneakers um, we've even had teases that apparently the shoes are being sent out through ea but uh, the one question that has not been explained up until now is why the bloody hell is virgil doing 50 gray dunks and uh we have now there's, got there's, an one answer. Black. there's one black oh there's one black and one white all right i'll oh, calm down i'm sorry <laughs> And um, we finally found, uh, or we finally been given an answer to that question. Um, earlier on in the week, Virgil Abloh um, posted on his Instagram. Basically explaining why there are 50 dunks. Um, he posted a picture of all 50 dunks with the caption. The off-white motto has always been to exist between two opposites. Technically, it is defining the grey area between black and white as not grey, but off white one big metaphor to subdivide the logic any number of ways the initial nike brief for this shoe was to drop one colorway for the dunk for the summer that was more accessible than most of my releases of course conceptual in any brief of any project i look for the space to bend the rules or ill widen the perceived goal Um, enter my uh, idea for one shoe after all technically it's just one shoe release date uh, or release info incoming so after all of this it seems like a very kind of poetic way of virgil saying yeah, you're all right. I have just designed one shoe. But it seems to be that Virgil has done this as some sort of conceptual way to say, Nike, you're giving me reins for one shoe. I'm going to turn one into 50. But the question I'm going to ask the two of you is, does this give this shoe more validation after so many people are saying that Virgil is doing too much? The fact that we know it was deliberate does this now make this shoe more valid, uh, Jeffrey? I'm going to throw it over to you first. Uh,
2: he's an artist, right? Yeah. So I guess an artist has has his way of expressing his 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 execution of his idea. So it definitely makes a lot more sense why there's fifty fucking pairs of them now. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's cool. But I mean. <sighs> i want to see if going to collect all 50 of
0: them oh it, i want to see like the pokemon card equivalent for this like instead of like some binder where you put your pokemon cards i want to see like plastic sleeves where people are like putting shoes in and collecting
2: them all or something like that you know like, you're that... going to see white walls full of these <laughs> dunks. it's not going to be jordan ones anymore you're going to see 50 pairs of these dunks i think out of the 50 i like one out of one.
0: interest, which one? Which one is it?
2: Be number one.
0: Oh, so that, you like number one?
2: Because the number one reminds me of the uh the Air Force One. The uh, I think was it? Is it? Is it? M C. No, MoMA. Is it a MoMA? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 The original. Yeah. The the original. The MoMA was the black one, wasn't it? I yeah. don't know what the I don't know what the the white complex. one. Yeah. The yeah. Com-
2: yes, yeah, the complex. I think it's the complex one. The Air Force One hundred one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the one that I really like. I've wanted that Air Force forever. So now that it's on a dunk, I like dunks as much as I do Air Forces. So if I was to try and go for a pair, which I probably won't, it'd be the first pair because that one is the most um, non-gray pair. So it's white with a silver swoosh and then like a cell midsole. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Here, I'm here for that. Um, the last pair is like the MoMA. yeah, yeah. But well, I just don't like an all-black dunk with a silver swoosh. I think it's like if you just do it, you do it all black, right? You don't. You yeah, don't you
0: do don't it. mess with it with the silver swoosh or something like that. I mean, I'm not really. It's. Uh, I feel like every time we get a new guest on, I have to explain. I'm not very much of a Nike fan. I mean, my my area of expertise is definitely more three stripes. So for me, I see fifty dunks and think meh. Um, regardless of what the color is. In fact, the only one that I like is, and I don't even know what number it is, but there's one where basically it's also got like a white noodle strap over the top and then like a green tongue. And it's only because my like, OCD inside of me hates the fact that all of the noodle laces are different colours to the uh, the tongues so oh. like, I'm happy with the like the white noodle tongue uh, the white noodle lace and then the, the colourful tongue that will do me but uh, it's still not something that I'm going to be going for I mean Scott when I first started reading out the uh, news story you got very very close to the video and you were screwing up your face so uh, are you still not sold by Virgil's justification of why there are 50 dunks
1: the fuck is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, he, so he was told to make one shoe, and somehow so he ended 50. up with 50. And he's like, well, technically it's the same shoe, whereas well, the same silhouette, done about the same shoe, it's different materials, different colours. So it's not the same shoe, it's the same silhouette. That's like saying Nike has made only one Jordan ever. Same shoe, just different colours, but it doesn't count. It literally makes no sense whatsoever. But it clearly shows that if he was told to make one shoe, if it was true, and he said, No, I want to make 50, you can see who kind of has the power in that relationship there.
0: That's quite interesting you've said that because so many people, obviously when Kanye left Nike and went over to Adidas and obviously you've seen Jerry Lorenzo moving over to Adidas, you've seen Sean Wotherspoon moving over to Adidas. So many people were saying that these big stars were moving away from Nike because Adidas were probably giving them more creative control. This actually could be evidence that Nike are going, oh shit, let's give this guy, like you like said, if, if, if you walk into a boardroom and say Virgil, we want you to make one shoe that's really available and he goes, hold my beer, here's 50. Like, there's got to be a certain amount of creative control there for him to say, I want you to release 50 shoes in which 48 of them are essentially the same colorway with a different coloured noodle on it. Like, it's... It, it, maybe Nike are starting to give more creative control to their designers. I mean, it, it's 50
1: pairs. So, and like I said, rumours are apparently they'll all be through early access at some point, whether that's true or not. Again, don't know, but... If there's 50 pairs, I'd be of the opinion that if you really want a pair of those dunks, you, sh- you will be able to get a pair. Um, you would hope even resell won't be too much with there being 50 of them. But again, who knows? It's all fucked. But in, yeah, un- unless that... He says accessible, like in terms of colourway, very easy to wear, very accessible to anybody, you can just throw them on, but... It's off-white, so will it be? Who knows? I, I don't know. It just seems silly to me. Still, I don't care about the justification. Like it, it's 50 shoes of so similar. It like I get the materials, like there's shifts in materials and that, but we haven't seen enough to to see what makes each of those yeah. shoes special in terms of materials. So maybe it'll come out that there is something like a bit more to them, but otherwise, if, if, nah, nah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly my point. Like, if you have if the idea, right? Okay, so if the concept is to have one pair of dunks that is overly accessible for everybody to get, now you've made 50 of them, does that mean all 50 of them are now limited? Because you exactly. spread it over.
0: Yeah, I suppose. So you've got 50, you've got 50 different shoes of limited quantity, but together, if you're looking as a 50 series there's a shit ton of them, but mm, each yeah. colorway is in limited. City. I mean, that's probably what it's going to be. I mean, we still haven't had any confirmation with that. That's the big thing with this 50. Like yeah. there was speculation at the beginning that there were only going to be 50 shoes in which that means they're super limited. This is telling us on the contrary that actually this is going to be the most accessible drop yet. So uh, it would be interesting to see how they go with each of these shoes.
1: But at the same time, there's one pair in that 50 that stands out more than the rest. And that's the black pair. And I'm not saying that's the best pair by a long way, but it's the most standout because it's the most different, which means you can guarantee most people will be trying to get that black pair over the others. Because if you want, you want to be that different. Again, I think people will try, try and go for
2: that. So if you look at the image and this like reread, well, after I've, I've
0: I've just clocked, I know exactly what you're going to say. I've just clocked it as well.
2: Literally the difference between black And white is great and everything in the middle is fucking great. Like, Mm. so he's like not justifying what he's doing is cool, but like when you're going back to like the root of the question that you threw at me, does it give it more validation? It makes a lot more sense now that he's been able to execute as an artist his concept of what off-white stands for, right? So whether you like the fifty or not, he's literally Benton rules to be able to kind of create in a space as a creative, and I'm I, I come from a creative background, so like being able to have this opportunity to work with Nike and have your own shoe so many times, and now have fifty of the same shoe in a different colorway slightly, and also somehow project the canvas of your theory of what Off fight stands for. He's hit the fucking nail on the head, man. I was literally like, about to say.
0: Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I came into this news story. I mean, not being funny, I said you can tell it's a quiet week when I'm talking about Virgil for the hundredth time. I've literally just reread. The minute you started, I I saw you, Jeffrey, like moving your arms around, like, oh, shit, I've just realised. I thought exactly the same. The penny has just dropped in my head. I still don't see why there has to be 50 of them, but actually rereading that caption of the the idea of off-white is finding the in-between between white and black, it now makes so much sense why number one is white, Number 50 is black and yeah. there are 48 other shoes that are gray. I don't think yeah. we need 48 of them still, but <laughs> I'm answering my own question. I actually think this collaboration is now more valid because of what he said.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because like for the longest time, people were like, why the fuck is there 50 pairs of this?" And why
0: are they all the same? I, I've, yeah. I, I've now penny drop moment. I get it. Fair yeah. play to you, Virgil. Because actually you've, uh, I feel like that was some sort of like riddle that is, I've now solved. And I feel like I'm really smart and clever.
2: Yeah, me too. Still I feel like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, man. I, I mean, you know, Nike learned their lesson lesson when I feel like they lost Kanye first time, right? So that's why the reins of creativity has changed so much. Like for the fact that, you know, even though it's not part of this shoes round, but like, you know, the fragment Travis Jordan won, it's based off the OG Royal prototype in in my in my Nike Chronicles book. I've seen that colorway and Nike's allowed him to flip, not just flip the swoosh, like, you all remember something, right? Nike were very sensitive about anybody fucking around with the swoosh. They've always, you know, like the original Supreme SB samples, instead of the stars, it was full of Nike branding. And they were so anti that, that that's why that sample never made it. And now you're allowing people to change the color of the swoosh. You know, re the swish with their own branding, flip the swish backwards. You got the Ben GSB dunks where you overbranded the whole shoe with the Love on. that shoe. Love yeah, that like, shoe. There's, there's just so much to Nike. And, you know, it's like I feel like people sometimes forget that the team changes with the times, you know, and the team is probably young now. That's why there's so much innovation in the kitchen. Yeah. Not, saying, not saying fucking 50 pairs are the same shoe as Innovation, but to be able to exercise the artistic expression of what the brand stands for is something that's actually not been done before.
0: I mean, like, I never ever thought when I first hit record on this episode that I would be turned around on the 50 right now. Like I said, I'm still not... Conv- <laughs> I'm still not... I never thought that I'd be actually saying this. Like, I am now convinced that... I don't like the 50. I don't like the shoes, but I like the concept. But seeing as we started going down the rabbit hole of like Nike changing with the times and things like this, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to move on to our second, um, news story. And that is, it was announced by complex earlier on in the week that, um, Adidas, um, are re-releasing Kobe retros in 2022. So I think it was, uh, Brendan Dunn, um, per complex sneakers, um, basically uh, drop the story that uh, Adidas are re-releasing um, two silhouettes, one being the crazy one, a.k.a. the Kobe one, a.k.a basically a toaster oven on your foot and the crazy 97 eqt aka the eqt elevation both shoes that kobe wore early on in his career the uh, crazy 97 eqt formerly known as the eqt elevation is what kobe wore in his rookie year in 1997 and the crazy one aka the kobe one um, was his signature shoe back in 2001 Basically Complex, were able to see a document that showcased two colorways of the EQT um, elevation um, releasing for what seems to be All-Star Weekend 2022 with the crazy one or Kobe one in that kind of yellow white black colorway that iconic yellow colorway to be released in April 2022 now there was no official spokesperson that would give a comment from Adidas um, but this is incredibly interesting following the controversy with Nike and obviously Co- and the, uh, the, the Kobe Bryant brand kind of parting ways and uh, I suppose my question to the two of you is, um, is this some sort of redemption for Kobe fans so what do we think is this Adidas honoring Kobe or is this Adidas trying to capitalize on the fact that Nike have fucked up and lost the Kobe brand so uh Scott over to you first on this one what do you reckon
1: I mean yeah it's a fuck up on Nike's behalf isn't it like they've opened the door for brands like Adidas to to like say to capitalize On this, because if Kobe isn't tied, then all of a sudden, yeah, if Vanessa turns around to Adidas and goes, right, let's retro some of his older shoes on Adidas, you know, Kobe fans will be all over that. Um, And it'd be the same if, like, you wait, if it, I'm not saying it would ever happen and it would never happen, but if MJ ever left Nike, you watch, you'd see Adidas create a forum. That is to do with MJ because that is the shoe that he wanted to play in um, and he wanted a club So, this is the thing like, Nike have got to be careful because there are athletes on their roster that have a history with Adidas, and the second they make a slip up, the other brands can jump in. And I think that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, I I mean, the whole thing with Nike and this has just been so messy. Um, Obviously, you had the whole thing with uh, Foot Patrol sending out. Pairs early and the whole yeah, it's, there's just so much that's gone on there. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if at this point Vanessa just turned around and goes, "You know what? I'm going to Adidas. I didn't even think about it, but you've been so bad that actually this is just a massive fuck you to Nike." But um, yeah, it's it's like I says, it's, it's nice to see the shoes coming back. I don't think anybody ever thought they'd happen, so it's got to be a positive thing for Kobe collectors.
0: Jeffrey, what do you think about this one, mate?
2: uh i was literally gonna say did vanessa sign us off i i I don't i think that's probably why
0: they're calling it the crazy one and the crazy Mm. 97 eqt they're not actually using the original name which i think the crazy one was originally the kobe one and then when he left adidas i think they continued producing shoes and it then turned into the crazy one so i don't think this is an official kobe re-release but people that know kobe's history know that that is a Kobe one and that is an iconic colorway for the Kobe one. So uh, as much as I don't think this is an official Kobe re-release, it's just a re-release of the silhouette. I'm sure Vanessa Bryant didn't sign off on this or, or you never know. Let's think we're all speculating here, aren't we? Uh, mm-hmm. With what conversations have gone on in the backgrounds, but I just find it interesting. Like I said, originally I looked at this and thought, brilliant. Kobe fans are going to want this because they're Kobe fans. But at the back of my mind, I thought, is this actually Adidas doing this for the wrong reason? And are they just capitalizing on the fact that Kobe fans hate Nike right now, and then they can try and capitalize off of those, uh, those sales. It's just, it's, it was, it was the kind of thought that I, whenever you're, um, whenever you're talking about a retro for something as unique as Kobe, like I said, such a monumentous hero icon um, that unfortunately passed away. There's always a little bit of skepticism as are people doing this for the right reasons? So, Um, I suppose that's my two cents on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to your question, I just, I feel like Adidas are maybe paying homage to Kobe Bryant up to a certain extent. Um, And then I also feel like he kind of is a massive fuck you to Nike. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, he's, he's, he may not be around, but he's a living legend, you know? So, I, I, Dude, I wasn't around. Like, I like don't like Kobe fans out there. Don't hate me for saying this, but I never, I never followed Kobe's game enough to be like, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Kobe. I'm not gonna pretend. Like Michael Jordan was the basketball player that I always loved. Um, but even still, I wasn't, I wasn't avidly following basketball enough to to be like, yeah, that's like I'm into basketball like that. I just love basketball shoes. Um, so for me. These shoes are horrible looking like. You wouldn't, ca- <laughs> you wouldn't catch me in these, like
0: right. even you gave them to me. So- yeah, the, the, the original crazy one was, um, I'm pretty sure I read that it was um, inspired by the, uh, I, I don't know, the. it was originally inspired by the Audi TT. Um, I think that's why it's got that kind of like oval shape to it. But like I said, it just kind of looks like some futuristic toaster to me. Um, it's always been a bit of a funky shoe in my eyes, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think, Overall, these shoes aren't personally for me either. I've never been a huge basketball shoe fan. Um, I don't pull up on more classic runners. I love a runner. Um, So for me, this is kind of like, well, either here nor there. But uh, it's just very interesting. Like I said, I think this is going to be a talking point in in the future. I think this is probably not the, as these shoes get closer to release date, obviously we're we're seeing this now um, nearly a year in advance. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of more about this in the future.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I feel like you know, um, like you said earlier, you know, Kobe fans that love Kobe and and have been following his game from early will definitely be very happy that there's a wearable version of these shoes for them now, whether they wear them or not. Um, as a collector, um, like I'm, I have the same love that I have that I'm sure Kobe fans have for for his his kind of history with with the brands. Is that like why I love Jordan Brand is because the amount of innovation and whatnot has gone into the shoes like aspirations and inspiration from like the nike pulling inspiration from like a ferrari or a porsche and stuff like that 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 reflects on a jordan 6 that reflects on a jordan 14 you know like that kind of stuff is is what makes this stuff you know memorable or collectible. yeah so I mean, good, good on, good on Adidas being able to kind of do this for for Kobe fans, but I, at the same time, I hope it's genuinely for the right reason rather than the wrong.
0: Absolutely spot on. Couldn't agree more. Well, I think that's probably a good time to, like I said, it was, it was a small week. I think we've managed to, we've, we've managed to turn a, a mountain out of a molehill to be perfectly honest there. With those, like I said, me starting off with a quiet week, we've managed to kind of go to town with those news stories. Um, what we'll do now, we're going to move on to our second segment which is Double Up, Double Down, which we said last week is in connection with At Tidy Tie-Dye. So just to give you an idea of what this segment is all about, if you're new to the podcast, uh, every single week we have a little look at some upcoming releases. Uh, we pick a shoe that we like, aka a double up, a shoe that we dislike, aka a double down, and a shoe that we think is going to fly a little bit under the radar, our sleeper pick. So uh, without further ado, I'll pass over to Scott for double up, double down.
1: Thank you very much. Um, so we'll start with, um, as always, the double up for this week. Um, and I don't think Matt will agree with this one. Um, however, it is the Air Max 1 Clot, um, the final pair in the Kiss of Death series um, to release on the 20th of July via Juice Store um, and that, that'll there be worldwide um, release. Uh, there's a bit of history to this shoe. Um, so in 2006, um, Kanye West Touched the Sky Tour um, brought him to Hong Kong um, and was his only stop in Asia. Um, and while he was there, he connected um, with clock founder edison chen um and when he was there he wanted to do a shoot together uh, but the time frame was too short so he said just go and make a nike id and we'll do it that way so that's what they did um there was only four pairs were produced two were given to kanye to wear on his tour and two other pairs were split between the co-founders um edison chen and kevin poon but they are re-releasing um and there's some different touches on it this time um you've got slightly wider mesh on the toe box um thankfully they've got rid of the transparent toe box on the other two clock pairs because that that's just a big no-no um i've seen too many sweaty feet in that shoe for my liking um But I like the colour blocking on this and the shoe has grown on me the more I've seen the pictures. However, there are some pictures that make this shoe look incredible. But then there are also some pictures that make the shape of this shoe look appalling. So I'm a bit 50-50 on them. um, But in general, I think they're nice. The only problem I've got is the little clot signature. Um, on the white overlay just on the kind of front of the shoe unfortunately it does look like the Cause Light logo and once you see that you can't unsee it so yeah for me I mean I really like them I can see why people don't but out of the three I think this is my preference simply because it doesn't have a see-through toe box
0: Jeffrey, I'll let you start with this one what are your opinions on the uh, the Clot Air Max 1
2: best one yet I honestly yeah. think it's a good one Yeah, I just like, don't get me wrong, right, I I was there wanting the original one with the c through toe box, uh, the C3 vamp panel, sorry. And um, I kind of like, because I don't know if everybody saw the original article when Edison posted it up. He showed, you know, the three colorways that were there originally. Um, I've got a few friends that actually have a Nike ID version of the shoe. Um but not with the clock branding, so yeah. um, I think I think there was i don't know how it became accessible, but a few people have that shoe, yeah, um, so
1: what happened was yeah. they Nike obviously because it was a nike i d shoe they yeah. didn't realize that people would just go online and make that shoe without the clot branding because that's exactly what it was he literally yeah. just made it on nike id so they quickly took down however there are quite a lot of people that managed to make that exact colorway and get them shipped before they took it off the site so there, there are there will be a few um, yeah kind of uh, yeah there'll be a pairs few floating around. around yeah
2: i want to i just want to know like this time round what concept have they twisted into the idea because obviously you had the brown pair that was was um to commemorate the tea leaves in china and whatnot Mm -hmm. you got the original pair that kind of commemorates the pressure points of the human body you know um the anatomy of your foot and whatnot and this is the reason why i wanted it so you know i was very lucky to get a pair of the original pair of the re-retro of the original pair um but then once i got them And I think one of my friends agreed with me very quickly, which is kind of, okay, cool. I have them now. I don't think I'm going to wear them. It's just not a wearable shoe. It's kind of like a cabinet shoe, you know, like it's just a cool shoe. I think that's the problem with this shoe. Like there was so
1: much hype building up to it and people saying like, this is it, this is my grail. Like there's that word again. People going like, I really need this shoe. Everybody's saying how big they are into Air Maxes to try and get them. And then you don't see that many pictures of them. Like you don't see people wearing them that often. And, you know, if you go on StockX, the the resale is very low and that's normally a good indicator of how people are feeling about this shoe. Um, so I think it was, everyone got very excited and like say they got them and then whether it was kind of another instance of like culture vulture and like people just trying to be seen because it, they thought this was a big shoe.
2: Um, but
1: yeah, I mean, like say,
2: I'll I, I tell you what's kind of crazy actually. So, going back to like the little part where I was talking about Hideout and Mary Jane. So, Mary Jane saw the shoe retro again. So, she was there first time around in 06 when it came out. Mm. You know, the shoe was sitting on the shelf and nobody bought it then. Mm.
0: The,
2: the, the, the grail status of the shoe only became more of a thing over the few years of, I think, for Air Max purists and enthusiasts that love collecting Air Maxes. They made such a big deal around it yeah. like i feel like Max one hype is a very different type of hype compared to a lot of the other silhouettes in the game um, Yeah, and it's it's definitely a purist type of thing so i am I'm, I'm here for the shoe whether i buy it or not i think this is the most wearable version out of three don't get me wrong the brown pair is really nice but yeah again the see-through toe window yeah. like, just it's just the steaming up of that stuff like i was there when <laughs> like you know Invisible Woman, Air Force 1s were a thing, you know. Um, it,
0: it, it's just a hard shoe to wear, dude.
2: Like, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I really think you around with a steamy foot.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that is the only reason why people are really enjoying this one. I think there's a lot of people that really liked the original colorway. They really liked the second colorway. And they didn't buy it because they could not rock with the steamy toe. Yeah. Um, kind of, like I said, front of yeah. the shoe. And everyone's seeing this and going, hang on a minute, I can get a Clot Air Max 1 that's part of the series where I'm not going to get a sweaty, steamy foot? Fucking sign me up. Um, I will say this is the best out of the three releases only because of the toe. It's actually, the, in yeah. my opinion, the worst of the three colorways. Like, I do think, I've seen a lot of people customize that original orange kind of uh, Clot Air Max where they've put a red leather toe on it um, or the top of the shoe beautiful absolutely mm. stunning the minute you take away the see-through part it is absolutely incredible um, and likewise the brown on that second colorway i think is absolutely beautiful so i just like i said i feel like this is just it's kind of a mere shoe for me um, and i do like i said as much as i'm not always on team nike i do like an air max one like that was when i was back in college uh, kind of things coming back with the, uh, um, a lot of Air Max ones were in shoe and office and things like this, like they were so readily easily available. I absolutely loved it. But uh, yeah, I just can't really, I can't really mess with this too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the one question I do have is the mesh is so wide on this pair. If it rains, how wet is your foot getting? So
2: absolutely. So.
1: Because there's no protection there at all.
2: And yeah, then there's no no amount of the thing is is, like uh it's the most breathable shoe out of the three right um, well, yeah so I think it's it will be great for summer like oh, I think it's, it's a it's,
0: summer shoe, hundred percent it's a yeah. summer colorway as well, like if you look at it, it's that bright kind of pair of shorts or or like you said it, it, you could you could rock this one quite easily um but yeah, I mean, I'm just. So the only reason why you said earlier, Scott, like I don't think Matt's going to agree with it. It's only because I know what the sleeper pick is and I don't understand how the sleeper pick is not the double up pick. But we'll get to that in a minute. So that's the only reason why I'm not 100% on board with this one. But I'll let you move on before I spoil the party.
1: It, it, it was, it's, a, it's a weird week in terms of releases. calf um, came through right at the end and saved me with some release dates because otherwise this could have looked very different. Hello, um, But... We'll move back to Double Down and I feel like I'm I'm keeping the same energy um, because we're going back to Virgil <laughs> um, with his the Off-White Nike Air Zoom Tempo Next percentage, whatever the name of the shoe is, releasing on the 23rd of July. Um, for some reason, Virgil looked at his um, the Vapor Street that he did and thought putting running spikes on a running shoe to make it fashionable was a good idea. And he's gone and done it again. Um, so he's gone and taken the Air Zoom Tempo Next, and gone and put running spikes on it to make it a fashion thing. Have running spikes ever been fashionable? I mean, I, I, maybe I was going to the wrong schools, but the funny I never thing with this—the funny thing with this
0: shoe—is I might be wrong. I'm sorry to cut in, Scott. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Nike Air Zoom Tempo Next percent is that not the shoe that was banned because it made someone run like the fastest marathon time? And I might, be, I might be getting that confused with another shoe, but do you not find it ironic that aren't running spikes normally on sprinting shoes, and this is like a long-distance marathon shoe? Like, I know that's probably not the first thing that you should come to when you're looking at this shoe, but for me, like, the design of it just doesn't make any sense, that, like, you're putting something on there that's designed for a short distance on a long-distance running shoe. But <laughs> hey-ho, that's my first thought on it. <sighs> I mean, uh, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong.
2: Yeah, you made oh, no. a lot. Of, you made a lot of sense there. I've just gone in complete blank because you've actually just made a lot of sense there. Why is there spikes on a marathon shoe? Like, I I even... Why is
1: there spikes? It's a not matter it... why you stuck it on. Why is there spikes? Well, the spikes
0: have a function, don't they? I know, I know this isn't necessarily going to be a typical running shoe, but like I said, there is, like, I'm pretty sure the original shoes that um, he, he did the spikes on, I don't know much about performance shoes, but I know there's a reason why this was a big deal when it first came out. they still shit. But um, I'm pretty sure that the shoes that originally had the spikes on, like, you could have probably used those for sprinting, maybe. I don't know what the performance side is, but this is, a, I know for a fact this is a long-distance shoe, and I'm pretty sure... Don't quote me. I'm not a marathon runner, but it just doesn't make any uh, logical sense why that's on there. I know it's more fashion. No one realistically is running a marathon in this particular version of this shoe. But in my eyes, I'm like, at least make it a shoe that works. At least put it on a sprinting shoe.
2: I mean, I thought spikes are normally metal for track, not plastic. That is true.
0: Yeah, that is true. So that in itself makes this pretty pointless.
2: Yeah. I mean, fucking dude, like what? I don't get it either. No, this is like the part of Virgil's stuff that I just really don't understand at all. Like, I I don't know. Like, I think there's this massive thing in the fashion industry where you just over-accentuate anything you can. And this is one of them. Like, let me Mm. over-accentuate the grip on the sole and just put freaking rubber spikes on it. Why not? And like you said, dude, like you made very valid point. Why why have you got spikes even remotely on a marathon shoe? The hell, that makes, I didn't even think about that until i saw it again i was like huh i'm here awake i'm here awake the thing is they've (laughs) the shoes that he's
1: put them on so like i said we've now got the um air zoom tempo and the the last one was the vapor street like what i don't understand is you've got two shoes that are very good for running um and you've gone and made them worse and made them look awful. Like I don't I don't literally don't get the thinking behind it at all. Um it just doesn't make I sense to me. I Je- think Jeffrey Jeffrey's
0: 100% right here. This this is more like Virgil flexing his design muscles. Um this is like something you see on um this is no, no Scott hear me out on this one. This is something that you see a model wearing on fashion week. You're never going to replicate that outfit, but in a time and space, if it was put together with a show on a fashion week and something like that, you'd look at this and go, that is a cool concept. As an everyday shoe that someone's actually going to wear on the street, this is fucking stupid. But to, like I said, if you saw this on a runway, you could kind of get away with it. But you see a lot of crazy shit on a runway, right? Stuff that you wouldn't ever wear in reality. Um, so I think it is just Virgil flexing his um design muscles here and like Jeffrey said, kind of accentuating everything and making it a little bit more larger than life. Um unnecessarily, but still doing that. There's a pink yes. colour.
2: There's a pink colour in.
0: Yeah.
1: There is. You've got you've got black and green, pink, um, and then a white and red. And again, the the swoosh looks like it's been drawn by a five year old as
2: well. Um Yeah, I've
0: just noticed it's like a chalky swoosh.
2: Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it looks better on foot. I can't lie. Like, if you were talking about this versus the vapor, was it the vapor fly next percent? I don't know. The one that he done before, vapor street. Yeah, this yeah. looks way more wearable than that one, silhouette wise. Um, despite the massive zoom airbag, but like, dude, I don't know. I just don't understand the concept behind the shoe.
0: I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone knows. No. Yeah,
2: you can really no. miss me. Oh, man this is one of them
1: i think this is one of them yeah. but anyway we'll move on to the final we'll move on to the final pick the sleeper pick for the week and i knew this would be a favorite of matt's i think to be fair it's a favorite of mine like the only reason it is in this position is because it made more sense to be here than some of the other shoes and that's because it is the adidas zx 108 or 1800s depending on where you're looking um Candyverse releasing on the 21st of July. Um this shoe has been teased by Till um of Head of Energy at Adidas for quite a few months now. Um sneak peeks of him out and about and just posting very distant shots on foot and I remember messaging Matt quite a while back and being like look at what Till's doing but what is on his feet because I want to know what they are. Um and yeah they're finally releasing. Um, it's basically, it is a mashup of the ZX-10,000 and the ZX-8,000 taking aspects of both and merging them together, which is how we've got the 10-8 um, in a colourway that is, well, like candy. It's lovely shades of pink, kind of orange, peachy colours. It's just, it, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm very glad that the zx kind of i say hype but the kind of the really good zx releases are going to keep going um because we've like so we've had this we've got offspring teasing a pair coming up as well so it looks like there is more to come from the zx range which fills me with joy as i'm sure it does to matt as well
0: yeah i was going to say jeffrey normally i would say guest first and let you go for this one but uh i uh, <laughs> i cannot contain my excitement um this shoe is Mind blowing to me. So, Scott says this is like I said, a combination of the 10,000 and 8,000. It takes bits of both. It literally takes the entire upper of a ZX 10,000 and merges it with the midsole and outsole of a ZX 8,000 and the heel cage of a ZX 8,000. Now, this is the love child, like Scott said, of Till, ex-head of energy from Adidas. He is leaving the company and he actually posted a picture up on his Instagram uh, the other day saying a farewell gift. He actually, um, this was originally a sample, I think, that he created last year. And I don't know whether I'm just speculating here, but I almost feel, Scott, if Till wasn't leaving the company, this shoe would not be releasing because it almost feels like his last kind of hurrah as head of energy, someone that has been working with the collaborations in Adidas and specifically ZX, the Sean Weatherspoon ZX, the A to ZX series, all these amazing ZX that have been coming out over the last however many years, he is responsible for. Um, So it almost feels like for him to go and leave the company, it's kind of like, here, have your own shoe. Like this is forever going to be, for people that know, this will forever be the Till shoe. Yeah, and yeah like i said i'm just super super hyped over it for someone that is such a big zx fan this is the minute that you see a new silhouette it's like when overkill did the zx 8500 a few months ago like i had to get it and i stayed up till three o'clock in the morning getting the release from overkill because i needed that silhouette like this is going to be exactly the same this is like absolutely incredible so uh i cannot wait and also scott price point I hope no one's listening to this from end but um uh, everywhere else that have been teasing this shoe it's retailing at 110 pounds but end are for some reason retailing it at 75 pounds um I probably shouldn't have said that because anyone listening to this that wants the shoe is instantly going to enter with end and uh, mess up my chances of winning this shoe but jeez <laughs> louise like Apparently, I was accused last week of saying the wrong kind of words uh, leading up to a very important football match. But I'm saying it again now. It's past Mamma mia. Um, What (laughs) a (laughs) what a uh, a shoe this is. So I just I'm just so excited, mate. I don't know if anyone can tell listeners. I'm going on a rant. I'm now just talking unnecessarily, but uh, I'm very, very excited about this shoe. Um, Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on this one, mate?
2: I uh, I just like I just kind of compared it to the 10k and I can see the evident differences behind it. I'm just kind of like you know I'm a, I'm don't hate me but I'm not a massive three stripes guy. Um, hey, we like, all like our
0: own things. I I, yeah, I say I'm a Jordan guy every week and people can't believe it. So we all uh, like different things. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong, but like
2: I think um, for if I was to like talk about three stripes and shoes that I really like, um, ZX is probably. One of the, my favorite ranges. I've I've been a massive fan of the 10K because I was like, that is one handsome looking model. I don't know if you guys went yeah. to the ZX Museum when it was in um, in Covent Garden. They they kind of like had like all the ZX's in 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 the in the building mm. where the motif Cor- used to be. So um when I saw the 10K like a little before it released, I was like, yo, this shoe is sick. And then I actually ended up buying the one that um Aman uh done for offering hollow yeah, yeah. is sick. amazing wow. pair. massive massive pink fan dude so um that the ak as well. yeah yeah the ak is a great shoe as well and um like now that i'm looking at it like the color is incredible because it's still he's he's kept is that the original kind of eqt green on the yep, on shoes? the stripes yeah, yeah. that's fantastic and you've got pinks purples oranges blues grays like it,
0: it, it's like it is it's called the candy verse because imagine like walking into willy wonka's chocolate factory and like these are all the colors that you would see like and even on the tongue tab as well like the yeah. uh, you've got the adidas logo and it's got um there is a, a basically like a, a piece of candy like on the, the the tongue tab which is pretty sick so um yeah it's just it, all around perfect execution
2: yes i mean it's it's a very good looking shoe um i i i'm i mean i am here for this weird fusion like because uh, you've got like yeah you do really look i i hope they they're more comfortable than 10k because it's got an 8k sole. I think
0: yeah, they might be because the 10K has got a really nice feel to it with the upper because it's more of a kind of it's a larger shoe. Like if you put the yeah. 10K next to all the others, it is distinctively larger than the others. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that might actually be because it's like a fucking platform of a midsole. So yeah. uh, hopefully lowering it with the 8000, I think it's gonna um, make it a much comfier shoe and also. I know they haven't advertised it much, but I'm pretty sure all the new ZX actually have boost in the insole as well. Yeah. So, like yeah, having yeah. a bit of boost in there as well is going to make it super comfy. So this is going to be this is going to be like an all day you can wear it out shoe. Like this is definitely one to to get if you're a ZX fan, or even just want to try the ZX range. I you know a lot of people might message us with the podcast saying you talk about ZX all the time. We want to try it, but we don't know which one to buy. This is going to be a good one to jump on. Trust me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's a stunning shoe. The more I look at it, now that I've seen like all four angles of the shoe, I, I definitely think that it's just a very uh, flavoursome shoe for summer as well. Um, flavoursome, I love that. Yeah, it, it's it's great, man. Ah, oh, dude, like very very rarely I'll be like, yeah, you know, Adidas has smashed it. No offense, but yeah, again, like you know, Adidas has smashed it with this one. It's it's a good looking shoe. Um, yes.
0: Yeah. That, that's all we can say. That's all we can say. Well, I think overall, then we've got. All, I mean, we're doing quite well. I mean, the majority of us. I always say this. I always like to round up this segment. The uh, the majority of us agree with the double up, which is always good. We all agree that that off white shoe's trash, and we all like the Adidas shoe. So I feel like two and a half out of three ain't bad. But uh, I do just want to say, uh, as we said, this uh, segment is in connection with at Tidy Tie Dye. Uh, that is at tidy underscore tie dye on instagram make sure that if there's any of these shoes that you like today go over and drop mike and alex a message they do nike socks in block colors and tie dye in about a gazillion different colorways they also do um custom orders for new balance adidas So if anyone's looking to pick up uh, maybe this adidas shoe and you want to get some custom socks um make sure that you uh, go and check them out as well but um Scott, I know this was uh, your segment, but I'm going to move us on nicely to our final segment of the day. And Jeffrey, um, you have made it this far, my friends. You almost made it out alive. And there is just one more challenge for you to face. And that is the rotation game. Okay, so. Jeffrey this is our guest segment the rotation game for anyone that hasn't played this at all before um, including yourself because we like to try and keep this one a little bit under wraps what we basically do is we uh, take a deep dive of our guests Instagram and we pull out 10 shoes that they have either owned or posted on their Instagram we then put them into a series of one v one battles for you to come up with a five day rotation so in a moment Jeffrey I'm going to present you with five different sneaker battles you simply need to just pick which shoe you want in your five day rotation are you happy with the rules of the game I think so yeah okay well uh, we'll we'll soon find out we'll soon find out if you know the rules of the game Um, round one Jeffrey so I'm going to present you with two shoes you have to pick which one you want to put into a uh, kind of a made-up five-day rotation. By all means, you do not have to wear these shoes next week. But if you want to, take some pictures and tag, uh, pictures and tag us. But um, the first two shoes that you are picking between is the uh, Medicom Times Nike SB Dunk Low Bare Bricks. There's a dunk, actually. We've said a lot of dunks in this segment. We've never said that one. So I thought I'd bust that one out. Versus the Strange Love times Nike SB Dunk Low, So the battle of the uh, SB Dunk Low's two textured shoes. Um, Jeffrey, which one are you going for?
2: I'm probably going to go for the Medicoms for the sentiment behind it. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what's, this, what's okay. the backstory there?
2: Um, that's actually the first time Nike reached out for me to represent um, the Nike Dunk as a project. So that's why that's on my gram. Um, oh shit. Yeah. So last year Nike reached out to me and was like, Hey, um, we're starting a new series called the drop off. Um, we're going to do the Medicom. and I'll tell you what's crazy behind this. So like, um, Scott mentioned about calf hello, and I remember calf posting early images of the Medicom with an icy pink sole. And I said to calf, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I need to get this shoe. I was like, cause I've always wanted to own a Medicom dunk. I've never owned or been able to get hold of a Metacon Dunk, and then when Nike reached out to me, I knew about it coming out like a few weeks before it released, and then I ended up getting a pair as uh, as as early access um, for free. Um, I hope nobody from Nike hears this afterwards, but <laughs> they thought the uh, original retail pair wasn't gonna arrive to me in time. And I've actually got a sample pair as well. Um, So they sent me a pair in a UK 8 that arrived um, a day after the retail pair arrived. And I said to my boy at Nike, I was like, dude, like, I can't really lie about this because I'm sure this is tracked. But like, I had the retail pair and I have the sample pair. What do I do? He was like, you got two choices, bro. Um, I'm a UK 8, so you can give me the sample pair or you can keep both, and then you can wear one and keep one for the collection. I said, dude, this is officially like the first sample I will ever receive directly from Nike. Um, So this is why the Medicom Dunk would be my obvious choice out of the two, Um, simply because when the the final images came up, a lot of people may or may not know this, but it's actually on a OG Dunk silhouette rather than, so an OG OG Dunk SB silhouette rather than the strange love being alone version yeah um, and i much prefer the fit of an og to a low pro um, yeah
0: you were saying earlier about they're a, a bit chunkier
2: yeah and um yeah i feel like the medicoms were were, were definitely sentimental for me and i always wanted the air force that I was based off um and i was very lucky as well because um attitude uh in in colchester had the uh blazer yeah mm-hmm the blazer was the flip of the other colorway of the air force one and both of them yeah. were co-j releases so um i ended up getting both um and like they're both like you know shoes that i wanted but on other silhouettes that i don't wear as often as i used to and you know i feel like it was a great flip so definitely the the Metacom over that no. another I, great I
0: love story that. another great story you can't be that you that. can't be that In my Um,
1: head, I was immediately going strange love. And I think most people probably, I think would. But I love the fact that there's such a great story behind that.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%, Shows what it's about. Well, moving on to round two, then um, I feel like every, uh, almost every single time, I feel like there's uh, some sort of off-white battle going on, and uh, it's kind of fitting after obviously everything we've been talking about today. I feel like Virgil is uh, we're gonna have to start paying him or something like that we've m- made we've mentioned his name so often, but uh, we have the off-white Air Jordan One in the UNC colorway. We've had the Chicago colorway on this podcast before. We have not had the UNC versus a favorite of a lot of people in the 10, which is the off-white Nike Presto. Um, Really, you can have any colorway of the Presto, but I know the one that you've put on your Instagram is the black with the kind of white midsole. So uh, out of the two of those, what are you going for?
2: Fuck!
0: (laughs) There's always one round that people say that. People shout at me at one round. I feel like I've done it early today.
2: Fuck! Fuck! Ah, uh, Presto. Fucking Presto.
0: <laughs> Great shoe. I think yeah. a, a good choice. Like I said, out of the two of them, I would have gone for Presto. So good choice. Um Seeing as that caused you a lot of stress, I'm going to move straight on to round three, <laughs> which is the Battle of the Elephant print. We have the Atmos Times Nike Air Max 1 Elephant versus a classic, the Air Jordan 3 Black Cement. So it is the Battle of the Elephant print. What the?
2: <laughs> you <know what? laughs> you, know what? you can't, that's not even fair what the <laughs> hell what the actual fuck that's not even fair dude like both of them shoes were like real-time grills for me and <laughs> elephant print is the best thing like the best animal print in my life he's ever done 100% 100% you know
0: what?
2: They're, And they're both by Tinker Hatfield Oh my god Like Tinker I want to say the Jordan 3 Because like the Jordan 3 is my favourite Jordan period um, Good choice The black cement colorway Was certified From day Like it's such a weirdly Obscure colour blocking Um But Jordan 3 man Um because it's just so much more wearable than Air Max One. I know that sounds mad. No, not- i you,
0: You've also got a Nike Runner in the previous round, so I feel like you, you're now. You've gone for a Dunk, a Presto, and a Jordan. You're mixing things up. Well, um, we're going into, I, I feel like this round might give you a little bit of an easier time. Um, I noticed on your Instagram, as I was flicking through, you did obviously a little bit of work with uh, Foot Patrol previously. I think it was like a hype at home or something like that that you did. So we have the round of the Foot Patrol collabs here. So we have a uh, shoe that I really wish that I'd bought the year it came out but I was very anti-Air Max 95 at the time. The Foot Patrol times Nike Air Max 95 110 versus the Foot Patrol times Mizuno Sky Metal OG.
1: Oh, great shoes. Great, great shoes. Very different, but great.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just thought they were both Foot Patrol collabs, so I thought I'd just throw them up against each other.
2: Mm, purple's my favorite color. I, really? honestly
1: i wish i'd have picked that mizuno up you know what I, I was still as
2: well. i know yeah, yeah.
0: i wish i picked up the 95 like i said i've told this story so many times on the podcast about how like when i grew up air max 95s like all the all the kids that you do not want to run into were wearing air max 95s so for my whole time growing up i just did not like air max 95s because i associated them with that those type of that type of person so i completely didn't give a shit about the 110 when it came out and it wasn't until last year getting the krugers in hand for a friend of mine i thought why the hell do i hate 95s this silhouette is amazing and at this stage obviously the the 110s were were all gone so they uh... hit the
1: sales as well
2: yeah they did they
1: lorenzo picked up a pair i remember when he was on and he said that he picked up his 110s in the sale like real yeah. cheap it's mad. Absolutely mad. So I,
2: I, I have a bit of a bone to pick with Nike on this one ten. I feel like they the idea off me. So oh so the Lord. London Okay, so London on Air, I don't know if you remember that, but London yeah. on Air Yep there was a whole like design process and I was lucky enough to be given an opportunity to go by foot patrol um to, to actually execute an idea. I chose the Nike Air Max BW because that's my favorite Air Max of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I based it off UK currency banknotes. And um, I have the original sketch somewhere on the USB drive that I got given. And um, my friend at Nike at the time, Sterling, said, Yeah, you know, Skepta to put your design into the last 10. Uh, sure. Before it went into like um, Lesode's win. So good on Lesode, by the way. Um, but. I chose to put the bank code number on the edge of the air bubble um, of the BW and I chose to create the swooshes to be different colored gradients to match the banknotes so it would have been four different gradients to match the four different banknotes and then the upper of the shoe was going to be a creamy cell color um, simply because money gets handled so as money gets handled money's always yep. dirty yeah. um, and then those different detailings to like represent the one pound coin the silver coins the copper coins and um, obviously my shoe never happened otherwise i'm sure you guys probably would own it um, of course of course if it became a thing i think um i'm going to choose the sky medal for that reason um as much as the 110 like resides with me heavily uh as a u um, and as I didn't touch same reason as you, like I didn't like the one ten for years because all the bullies at school wore it. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, and I was bro, it was an expensive shoe as a kid. Yeah. Like, that's, I had a Persian violet BW as my first AMX. Max, um, but like the Mizuno Sky Medal, like um, I was lucky enough to be seeded that by Foot Patrol, so I didn't even buy the shoe. Um, Amazing. I've been, I've been, I think I've been supporting Foot Patrol for for a long time, and. Um, they were kind enough to seed me the shoe a little earlier than when it was released. And when I put that on my foot, I was like, this shoe is sick. So good. Be- lovely silhouette. So, lovely so silhouette. Good. Such a good shoe, man. So yeah, sky middle, man. sky middle.
0: Well, moving into this final round, it's a good pick. Uh, moving into this final round. Now you were mentioning earlier about certain shoes that like, you were, like, I don't know if you have much of uh, knowledge on them. I'm not going to lie. These two shoes at the end, I have very, very, very little knowledge on Um, and I could quite easily sit here and be like, yeah, I love these shoes. But I'm not going to do that after everything that we've spoken about today. (laughs) But they are shoes that you have featured heavily um, on your Instagram page. The only problem is I have no idea. Even after spending an hour trying to Google the bloody colorways, I cannot find the bloody colorways online. And it is uh, a picture of the uh, Nike um, Air Moab. Um, it's uh, ACG shoe. It's kind of the um, the colorway that you had. It was a picture of you jumping, it was like a brown and black colorway. And the caption yep. was like three seconds later, these like crumbled into pieces. <laughs> um, and uh, the uh, the shoe that it's against is the Nike Lab Air footscape woven. The colorway is kind of like a cream colorway with pink laces. Again, I don't know what either of those colorways are called. Um, but they look like sick shoes and you seem to love yeah. both silhouettes. So I thought I'd put those two up against each other.
2: Okay. So, um, Moab is another, so the Nike Moab is another Tinker Hatfield madness. Um, it was yeah. the evolution of the Air Harachi, I like to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the ACG terrain version. So actually, you know, the pair that you, you, you're specifically talking about. Um, so I, I had never seen that colorway either. And um, I I scoped them off eBay uh, for like a lowball. So then when I received it, realized that the original color was actually full tan and where it was black, it was brown. So it was actually customized. Oh,
0: well, no wonder I could bloody find it. I spent an hour trying to find a customized shoe. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that 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 colorway actually a lot of people has never seen that colorway and I kind of kept that as like hey that was like a weird hidden gem that I never meant to to, to stumble across because then when I showed my friend Joel who is an enthusiast of all things archivable um, he was like dude like the guy who customized it made a really sick like print on it he drew some detailing on it and I was it was like whoa what the hell and um, my friend Michael Ford. Uh, who works for Nike, uh, Impostor O? He is uh, a Nike considered and Nike ACG fanatic. And he showed me this colorway without the black. And it was like, have you ever seen a Nike Air Moab without a neoprene sock? I was like, what the fuck? No, I was like, I didn't know there was a mesh version of the sock. And then I stumbled across this pair. I was like, dude, I think I found the pair that you had. And then I showed a picture and he was like, dude, what the hell, like the colorway is different. And then we realized very quickly that it was a custom. So the Moab is definitely one of my favorite silhouettes um, of all time by Nike. And the Nike Air Footscape woven, that's actually the part of the pink pack that the Air Max One is part of. Um, And I will have to choose uh, the pink pack footscape over those because the funny story about that shoe is my good friend, uh, Jimmy... um, actually gifted them to me um so the gift was purely because um he 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 came to me after trying to clean them himself to try and get me to clean them for him and he told me i think it was the right foot that was was dirty from this incident that he, he he had um in holloway where drunk drunk people were were kind of harassing him stepped on his shoe he got pissed off he headbutted the guy ran off the oh, shoe, ran off the train and then shot off the other side um and then he, he tried to clean it made it worse and then he, the left shoe was dirty too and i was like why is the left shoe dirty he was like i made the left shoe dirty to make it even, even. i was like what the fuck?" i was like why would you do that um but no, my I, favorite I,
0: thing i did that i <laughs> zx ten thousand uh game over kills had no idea about cleaning suede, basically dunked, dumped him in a bucket of water, fucked up the suede on the toe box for one of the shoes. So to make him even, I just dunked the other pair in the water as well and fucked them up too. Honestly. Yeah. So It, it looked even. I, I I understand. I understand the method behind the madness there.
2: I get it. I mean, like he did it and then, he, I, then I tried to clean it. I made it better. But then I was like, I can't go no more. So I don't know if you can see in the image, but like there's stars as, as perforations on that shoe um it's not just circles it's little stars and um i've wanted this shoe forever like it, it, people told me they picked it up in 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 tk tk max um for like super low super cheap and um this is actually the foot skate woven before the sole was changed over to a free natural motion sole um so you, nowadays if you see the same silhouette you'll realize the sole doesn't have an outsole stuck to the midsole it's just a midsole with a free natural motion sole so um this is one of two pairs of original footskate wovers that i own and i treasure dearly uh, simply because of the story behind it and also pink being my other favorite color other than purple so i would choose a footskate woven compared to the custom moab on this run.
0: Well. Wow. Jeffrey, to uh, give you a little bit of a rundown on what your five-day weekly rotation is, we have the Medicom Times Nike SB Dunk Low Bear Brick. We have the Off-White Times Nike Air Presto. We have the Air Jordan 3 Black Cement, the Foot Patrol Times Mizuno (coughs) Sky Metal OG, and the Nike Lab Air Footscape woven in this, uh, like I said, the, the, the pink pack colorway. Overall, mate, very very good uh, rotation. I mean, you've got a good mixture there. You've got some like different brands in there. You've got some flat, like flat sole shoes, some runners. There's a bit of comfort in there. a Bit of color if you want to spark, like a bit of color in there. I think you've done well for a five day rotation, mate. You've definitely done well. But uh, Jeffrey. It pains me to say that brings us to the end of your time here on the Doubled Up podcast. Uh, thank you so, so much for uh, joining us for uh, an evening of, of stories and laughs. Um, by the time, obviously, this episode comes out, it'll be on Monday. So thank you very much for people listening. Um, I'm just going to sign off if that's OK, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the Doubled Up podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at doubled up podcast on the, inst- uh, on the Instagram, just on Instagram. I felt like an old fogey saying the Instagram and use hashtag doubled up pods to be featured on the Instagram page. You can find me Matt at SW sneakers underscore on Instagram. Scott, tell the listeners where they can find you. You can find me at underscore sneaker teacher and Jeffrey roll out the red carpet. Where can they find you? Absolutely everywhere.
2: You can, you can find me on Instagram as i underscore Dunno. And if you want to see the professional side, it'd be JasonMark with 2Ks.eu. And uh, thank you for having me, guys.
0: It's been a pleasure, mate. It's Speak amazing. to you all next time. Goodbye. Yeah. See ya.
2: See ya.